I am the executive director of Etsu Code, former Air Force, transitioned to help other veterans learn how to write software. I view programming as a team sport because you don't own the code, even when it's your own personal project, because you know, code is meant to tell a story. So I always teach my veterans, you build a product for people. They want it to look good, be fast, and be able to do the thing that they want it to do. And that's all they care about. Hey, this is Brian, and you're listening to Jamstack Radio, a bi-weekly series where we discuss the Jamstack, a new way of building websites and apps that are fast, secure, and simple to work with. Jamstack Radio is brought to you by Heavybit, a program dedicated to helping startups take their developer products to market. For more information, visit heavybit.com. If you're interested in being a guest on the show, or if you'd like to suggest a topic, find us on Twitter at Jamstack Radio. Welcome to another installment of Jamstack Radio. On the line, we got Jerome Hardaway. Hey. What's up, Jerome? What's up, man? How are everybody doing? I'm doing well. Actually, I just came from watching, uh, which I asked you about Atlanta. I forgot to continue, but we'll do it on the recording. But I was watching John Lewis's, Senator John Lewis's uh, funeral yeah. and coming off a high of listening to Obama speak. So I'm like, I would love to have Obama speak at my funeral, but that would require me to <laughs> to pass early. So I'd rather not. But yeah. uh, <laughs> let's let's make it less morbid here. But I want to chat about uh, Jamstack and uh, Vets Who Code too as well. So do you want to give us a brief intro of who you are and how you got here? Cool. I got you. Uh, name is Jerome Hardaway. I am the executive director of Vets Who Code, former Air Force and Security Forces, transitioned into software engineering due to the in the height of the recession, uh, the last recession, and uh, started Vets Who Code to help other veterans learn how to write software um, with a systemic curriculum and focus on working like a software team early on for free, uh, remotely. Uh, to date, we've helped 252 veterans in 37 states, and we've done this all from the comfort of their living rooms and homes, and we've done it all for free, with our social economic impact being $17.6 million currently. Wow, that's amazing. And uh, I'm curious, like, uh, can we briefly touch about the background and how you got to that? Like, you're a retired Air Force? Is that correct? Uh, first term, uh, Air Force, medically retired. Medically so, yeah. retired, okay. So did you go straight into web development uh, after your tour? Oh, oh no. The rumors were that, you know, once you get out of the military, you have your DD-214, which is the paper that says you served honorably. And, uh, you know, you get out with a magic ticket and you'll be able to get a job. And that was not the case. I got out during the uh, recession and the only jobs that were offered me was uh, going back overseas to private military uh, companies or being stateside and working like a security guard for Home Depot and making like 10 bucks an hour. So those were the only two options that they had. And I saw a red movie commercial about coding. Uh, happened to have an SQL book. Uh, learned SQL or SQL, however you want to say it. So, yeah, uh, learned how to code uh, in SQL, got a job at Department of Homeland Security, and was able to learn, uh, able to get a job of, as a database analyst, and I never looked back. Like, that's what helped me with coding. Transfer into web development a few years later, simply because, like, web development has always been the thing that I really, really liked and really, really wanted to be a part of, especially the front-end world. You know, everybody, like 
tries to push you on to do it in full stack, but that's like the biggest, especially in 2020, right? Like that's one of the biggest mistakes out there. Like uh, you can pick a part of the stack and, and master because this, this game is so vast, but front end to me was like the elite gate guards, like back in, or the honor guard back in the military. And I was like, you know, you're the first thing that people see. And like, I just wanted to be a part of that, like culture and community. So, you know, I get on the front end and I've really never looked back, even though, I'm a dev advocate and part of my job is knowing enough about all the languages to know how they work well together. So that's my job. But, you know, beyond Ruby, my first love language is always going to be JavaScript because, you know, JavaScript is the language that, you know, you have to build a relationship with. It doesn't care. It's not going to change for you. It doesn't care. And you know, like, it's like wine. You either love it or you learn to love it. Like those are the only two options you have. Excellent. Yeah. And I think the the JavaScript ecosystem's grown a lot since I've been, so I might even join like the development community as well around the same time you did because I'm a career changer, also graduated college the same time you were probably getting out of the, the Air Force. So took a sales job and then a couple years into that, took a, well, learned how to code on my own and then took a, a, a developing job. And now I'm a developer advocate as well. But uh, I agree with you about the, the JavaScript. Like I did not touch it hardly in my first couple years as a developer, just pass it off to the front of the person. And now all I do is JavaScript, which is quite quite the turn as well. Yeah. I don't miss backend development or like even when I use Node and stuff, when I do backend development, like JavaScript is like the main tool I go to now. Uh, past year though, it's been Jamstack, if I can be honest. Like Jamstack has been the thing that we've been, that I've been really focusing and pushing over the past two years because uh you know, one of the things that we're working on with Vetsu Code is as we're growing our app, like where do we put our Jamstack versus where do we start like growing beyond Jamstack in certain areas and like, or do we have to, right? Like these are the questions that, you know, that I was, we just had a planning meeting last night about that and another call about it today. So like we're planning all that stuff out, especially the whole GitHub sponsors thing. Thank you for being a GitHub sponsor as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm happy to happy to be a sponsor, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm actually excited to hear more about the Jamstack thing because obviously in the right place for this conversation. But I'm curious uh, before we get into Jamstack and how the program leverages the technologies around it. I'm curious to hear more about the program because I didn't realize I met one of the Vetsu Code um, graduates. I guess are they ever graduates? Yeah, they're, we call them alumni, but we like we focus on what we like to call uh, re- from reentry to retirement. So once you're in VWC, we support you forever. So nice. like that, you know, I saw that as a weakness that like for-profit code schools were having. Like in military, you know, we our community is always based around being super strong. So, you know, we don't have that, oh, once, you know, you get your first job, so on to the next people. It's like, no, I'm always, I check in with people who came through the cohorts for years. I'm always trying to find a way to get people plugged in. I'm always looking at folks like strengths and weaknesses and seeing how to best leverage it and, you know, help them reach their like full capacity. Because as I tell people all the time, me reaching my like height of my career, it doesn't really matter if I don't bring a bunch of people with me. Right. So yeah, like that's what I focus on. Yeah. And I feel the same way too, as well. You'd mentioned the GitHub sponsors thing. And that was like, I chatted about this with um, the strappy folks a couple episodes ago, but the collection of sponsors that I'm sponsoring, I created a cool tool that I'll mention more in the picks, but I don't want to continue talking about myself and stuff I do, but I want to talk more about Vetsu Code. Uh, so that one, that one uh, alumnus that came from that other program is uh, Schuster. 
Oh, she's doing okay. Yeah, so I met him at a, a conference, or an Angular conference in Atlanta, uh, and he was doing some pretty cool stuff with groups out there in Savannah. And I was just super impressed, and I ended up sending him a bunch of GitHub stickers and Black the Cat stickers as well. And it was cool to see. I think he took a, a job at Amazon in the last year. Yes, uh, it was super cool to see because I just follow his story through Twitter. Yeah, yeah, he's one of my uh, he's one of my favorites, right? So he uh, he actually he he heads up our uh, code challenge channel now. So he came through the program three days later, got his first web dev job, came back when he wanted to learn more about teaching. Started as a boot camp instructor at a code school in Savannah and trying to build their community. Did his first tech conference there, and I was like, yeah, okay. He asked me to sign. I was like, dude, I don't, I, like, you'd be the biggest name there. I need your help. I was like, yeah, sure, man. You know, you're a VWC troop, so I'll, you know, I'll go to Georgia for you. And then went there. Then, you know, he was like, okay, he was ready for the next challenge. He came back and started drilling skills for his uh, current job at uh, Amazon, and he's been there for like at least the past year. So yeah, he's a hard charger. I like I like the vets like him who, you know, they're trying to put a dent in the universe versus like I always tell people like you're, you're going to have to, on your first swings or your first couple swings, you're never going to get exactly what you want or you can get less. So aim high. So even if you don't get it, you'll still be happy with the result. Because if you aim, you know, for what you want, then if you don't get exactly what you want, it's going to you know, hurt your feelings or something, but you aim for more than what you want and you end up getting what you want anyway, it's cool, right? So, yeah, like he's always been one of those guys that aims high and I love, so I can, I can, I can appreciate that. Yeah, and I like that advice too because it's like everybody could take that advice and learn from it, especially if you're a career changer or you're just trying to get into the, get in the game because I know a lot of people now are trying to learn how to code because they got the free time, they were laid off or uh, working from home or not even working from home because their job doesn't, cannot transfer to be at home. And I think one of the magical things I realized being working at a company like GitHub and doing code for a living is that my transition to no more travel and being at home and working in front of this desk all day is that nothing much changed other than the fact that I now wear a mask outside, which is like kind of mind-boggling if you think about developers and like all the doors that are open. But it really just comes down to like swing big, and then if you get half of what you dreamed of. Hopefully you dream big, so that way what you actually get is it's a livable wage and everything like that. So, yeah, I'm I'm super pumped about this uh, this program. But I want to actually ask more about the uh, decision for Jamstack and how that sort of plays into the curriculum and for the developers. Like, what's the I guess what's the reasoning? You sort of hinted on it, but yeah, curious to hear more about how y'all are leveraging the Jam. Well, you know, the number one issue that we were, everybody was crazy about React at the time when we made decision on Jamstack. But my argument with it was SEO, right? We needed search engine optimization with multiple pages. So that way, you know, it would help. And we saw Gatsby and I was like, you know what? I think this might be the happy middle ground of us. Like, I want the speed of React, but we're going to have a lot of, you know, initial static things going on. So there's no need for us to, build a React app for something that isn't React needed, right? That whole idea, like everybody wants to react to all the things, but yeah. then you're like, you don't need React for that. So we went with Gatsby and it was just a, it was one of the smartest decisions. Like we've had a problem at Vetsu Code where we are usually two to five years ahead of the game with everyone because like we chose Gatsby and Jamstack really early on because we were like, you know, two things that I'm going to see in the market 
is people's going to need more mastery of the language. People going to need more mastery of how to manipulate and handle uh, APIs. People need more mastery of serverless technologies. So, like, these are the things that I saw. And I was like, we need to bake them into the program from beginning to end, from the stack to the curriculum. And people are like, you're crazy. Like, you know, we're going to be the first program that doesn't have like a back end portion that we're teaching to the uh, students. So like, oh no, we're going to have like a little bit of MERN, but uh, we're going to teach React and teach Node, but the uh, heavy focus is going to be on build on the language and serving things to the web using service technologies. And now look at the world we're living in now where, you know, API service and JavaScript are king, right? You know, regardless of, you know, how you feel about it, like even if you're back in, most time when you're back in, you're building the API to give to the front end so they can manipulate, right? So are uh, you using AWS to handle your, your APIs? And, you know, they're being handled um, in a decoupled fashion with the uh, front end. So we were ahead of the curve on this one. And it's really been, you know, it's been helping us uh, succeed because, you know, we are that code how you build type philosophy, right? Um, code, code what you build. So we teach the uh, students exactly how we build things at Vetsu Code based upon the curriculum. And we're able, because of the stack that we use, we're able to go so much deeper in certain subjects because we're not rushing to quickly get to, you know, another framework or something like that, right? Because of the stack, we're able to go deep dives in the UX and design psychology and to design systems and the web accessibility and to um, the, like, really deep parts of JavaScript and focusing on just drilling those skills mercilessly, right? I'm a big drill the skills type person. So we're able to do that. And we're able to get into like computer science on a level that, you know, might be sped through. And, we're, and we plan everything out to ensure that, you know, there's buy-in. Like we put computer science smack dab in the middle of the uh, curriculum because I was like, I know that I put computer science at the end. Everybody's going to just drop out at the end. Like, yeah. you know, no one, no one wants to touch that. So to get to the fun stuff, you got to go like, you know, we put our own little hell week in there. So like that was our, our whole thought process. Like because we're all programmers in real life, like we get paid for this stuff. We take the approach from our curriculum and to our classes from the, from the approach of being paid and having to deal with things in the real industry. Like our web accessibility portion is built from like off of a year of my experience of having to rebuild the accessibility of two websites because wow. they were getting sued for like $50 million because of like accessibility. This wasn't Domino's, was it? No, it wasn't. It was a comic book, comic book and pop culture. Oh, wow. Yeah. But because of that, I was able to take that experience and pass it on to veterans. Like, no, this is why you want to do it. This is how you do this. This is the purposes beyond this. Take that high-level experience and run with it because that's what you're supposed to do, right? Yeah, that's really awesome to get that real-life experience but also channel it through a curriculum. Like, if you get it, I, I didn't get a CS degree, so I'm just going to talk about my, my background in getting a finance degree. But you learn all these things that you don't end up using which is good because like I did investments. That was my goal. And I, I also graduated at the wrong time for an investments degree in finance. <laughs> yeah, you did. But I learned how markets worked and I learned like, how to see trends. And like one of the trends I'm looking at right now is the fact that there are so many people being laid off, but the, the, the fact that tech is still booming. Mm-hmm. And if you look at all the tech stocks, like they're still making money. 
And despite of what's happening out in the world, like Amazon's still going to get paid because they're delivering all this stuff. Like all those delivery services. That's literally why I chose tech because I was looking around and seeing who was doing okay. And it was the tech people in the recession. Yeah. You know, they were like, oh, Elon Musk lost a bunch of money. Like Elon went from like a hundred millionaire to like a tens millionaire. Like, oh, like that's not a lot of money. Like, no. you know what? You still, you still balling. So yeah. I don't care. <laughs> I was like, I want to be like you guys. So, um, to the same vein though, about the, following the trends, you're following the trends of Jamstack. Uh, it's very similar to like this entire movement and community, like understanding that serverless at the time that Jamstack, so we, this podcast is roughly like four years old. That's literally around the time the term started picking up adoption and why the podcast exists. But um, we saw a trend, and this is when I was working at Netlify too, we saw a trend of all these build tools were being created and they were taking what was normally complicated and that you had to work on and making it trivial. So you could use a React and build it down into an index, index.html. And then you're good to go. And then you can apply the same experience of 20 years prior to that index.html and that build command. And now we've got like tons of build commands. It's like not just the Webpack world now. Like now we have a couple of different ones for the flavor that you're looking for. But at the end of the day, like to your point about Vetsu code and using the Jamstack, is you can show someone a Gatsby site, have a site up and running, show them how to sort of like, maneuver it and pull in an API and then like it clicks right away. And then the great part about you saying that the computer science comes in the middle is that then they can go learn how that's built and then they go go build their own. And I think that's like the the biggest like win for the Jamstack is the fact that it's now more of a level playing field. And that's like what I'm I want to do is is make sure everybody has access to this information and has access to build Websites and has an access to build a web app and you know go put their their community online, which is yeah, it's absolutely just mind-boggling that. And I'm only what seven years into this, six years into this, and uh, yeah, it just blows me away what what, what we've come through. Same, um, the accessibility that Jamstack brings to developers is just amazing. Like you know, our web app is Gatsby, AWS, Contentful and Netify with GitHub Actions, right? That's our stack. And being able to handle APIs, being able to do builds automatically just from a PR, things of the nature, like the students, when they, when they see it, they think it's magic, right? So and teaching them how to do this, is it's like giving them superpowers because especially if you come from an area like the average veteran moves no more than 50 miles from their you know, base station, right? So a lot of these guys are in not in tech heavy locations unless you can't you get lucky and you're in the Navy or in the Marines and you're in California, right? Because like that's usually what happens is that our most luckiest veterans are um, on the West Coast. So when we're showing them that stuff versus understand their community with like their .NET or their Java Spring uh, communities. It's like, oh, wow, like that looks so much easier than what someone else showed me. It's like, well, yeah, because it was, right? And it's very empowering because, you know, now they they figured out how to serve whole working websites to the web. When they figure that out, then they just, you know, it's like that feedback loop. that Because they got that, that win, they can get more wins. Or, you know, they're, they're not afraid to go deeper in things and learn, learn more. Like right now, we're talking a lot about our open source. We're trying to figure out how to keep it like in that whole MIT open source while uh, maintaining portions that, you know, you really 
don't need to have open source, like things that require keys, like when we add our shop to it from Shopify or, you know, even with our blog portion, things of that nature. And then we're trying to see how to jam stack and build something interactive, like our uh, interactive Kanban board for our uh, veterans. So that way they can keep up like a job tracker of sorts. And then we have our FNG tracker that we're building out to add to the website. Like, What's uh, FNG? <laughs> FNG is a military acronym for freaking new guy, but that's not, <laughs> the F doesn't mean freaking. Yeah, thanks for making that family friendly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, that's what I'm here for. So like that is, um, yeah, that's what we do. We have so many projects, especially, you know, now we have this, like we have the GitHub sponsors, we have our donations, we're able to throw more things at it. We just uh, added Alaskan products. We're adding uh, more, more robust tools from AWS to it. And our Slack has been, we've been supercharging our Slack bots and things like that. Um, even though I have learned that with great power comes great responsibility and veterans are the wrong people to give this type of power to. And I'm paying for it dearly. But uh, the community is just buzzing right now. Uh, when I say that, for those of you guys who aren't in there, don't follow us on Twitter or follow me on Twitter. I have a veteran named uh, Ben Winchester. And he, for one of his capstone projects, he works at, he got his job at Deloitte. Okay. Two, three weeks into the uh, pandemic um, as well. So even through the pandemic, our troops are still getting jobs. He got his job, and but his capstone was he built a Jerome Says bot, which he took pictures of me that he found on the internet. And then like he adds like a bubble to it. And like it's basically backslash whatever he says. And then, oh, we put that text in the bubble. And that was his thing. Like, oh, I'm going to make this and I'm going to use AWS and the Slack API and serve these images with Cloudinary and all that stuff. I was like, okay, like, <laughs> and then, and it was such a hit that they built it into our Slack channel. And I'm like, wait, we paying for this? I'm like, wait, no, I'm doing the work to pay for this. Like, this is what... Y'all, this is how y'all want to thank me. I was like, you know what? You make your life's work helping veterans learn how to code. And the way they thank you is build a bot that makes fun of you in y'all's Slack channel. I was like, okay, it's cool. It's whatever. (laughs) Yeah, it's awesome that they've, I mean, it's good to see that they put their skill set in the building actual products. products. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, our biggest mantra at Mexico is, products over projects nice. because okay. what we've seen, I mean, just what I've seen in my own uh, career and what I've seen in multiple people's careers is like, uh, especially as a junior building, a, I mean, everybody comes out with a portfolio of three projects, right? But that's kind of like, that's kind of played out, especially in 2020, right? You have to have a thing that works that you can show that you understand how to make coding decisions and like, business logic decisions, right? Like, because business logic is two total different things, right? Like, there's business logic. We're like, we could talk about performance and stuff like that for the speed of the website. But then we also talk about business logic. It's like, oh, for instance, we were using an API, a third-party tool for our uh, chat app on our website. And the only way to capture it to make it accessible so you can click in and click out of it was we had to do a document, a document event listener to the page, right? Well, we all know that adding too many of those affects your your JavaScript performance on your website and people are against that. Well, I was like, well, we have to make this call because we still want to ensure accessibility of the website, right? So that was the whole, like, we had this conversation about it and that's the superpower that you get when you build a product. You make decisions that, you know, you have to figure out which part do you want to support? Like, 
at all times. You have the business logic of the website, of, of the code, of what makes it like technically better, technically sound. And you had to do the business logic of the user as in, okay, how does the user use this? Is what we're doing, if we do it this way, is it going to affect how the user can use it, right? Because it worked if you were able-bodied, but if you weren't able-bodied and you had to tab into it, you couldn't catch it, yeah. right? So I was like, we do it the right way. We're alienating people, right? So we can't do that. So it was pretty awesome. And that's what I try to teach my veterans. Like you have to learn how to make uh, those decisions with your app. So products always outweigh, will always outweigh a project. And people, you know, they get a kick out of those lessons. And they're always, I try to make them their own product because I tell them like, you know, if Facebook is giving you their services for free, it's because you're the product and they value you a lot. So you should value yourself. So I'm always trying to make them make their projects or their products. Instead of portfolio sites, we call them profile sites. I try to get them to make it more or about as much about them as possible and then yeah. build things that impact their life. I'm like, yo, if you're a chef, add an app to your website that, you know, lets you know what pool type of recipes you can make from there. You know, you could use, I think it's called Serious Eats or Better Eats. I think they have an API and you yeah. can pull recipes in. Uh, I was like, based upon the stuff that's in your pantry or the leftovers that you have, right? Like, do that. Or, you know, you're a workout buff. I want to see like a random randomize a workout like app on your web app and, you know, pulling up videos and things so, like, you know, think about that idea. Like, all right, I might, not, I might not know anything about this, about this exercise. Will it be an option to like have a video pop up that will show me an example of this? Right. So I'm always thinking about how to take their passions and the things they love and make it into something useful. Like we have a situation going on now. I'm a little sleep angry about it because he couldn't finish. <laughs> he didn't finish his project, but it's a good thing. So Juneteenth happened and pandemic happened. I was just running around June doing my full Captain America thing and helping as many people as I could. And one of the things I was helping was like people who were like veteran businesses who's like their funnels or sales funnels had gotten like grossly affected because of pandemic. So I was doing this through Twitter because like I have a, what I like to call, I don't have a breath Twitter. I have a deep Twitter. Like I have 3000 followers, which isn't a lot, but my 3000 followers are like 80% of them are like the top, like 500 people in our community. Right. Yeah. Like the top, like they're all top people in our community. So, you know, that's how I always wanted. Like all my heroes are my homies. Like it's awesome. <laughs> so I was like, yo, let's, you know, versus like, we can all talk about the negative stuff. We can start doing an impact and real change. And the first business we did, it was a woman, uh, black woman owned veteran business called Mutt Sauce. And we straight murdered that black challenge to the point where she is sold out of several of her sauces. And she was like, yo, like so many people that were directly connected to you, like bought, like we made her quarter, like she made more money that month than she would have made her quarter. Right. And like just from off Twitter. And so going back to like the Betsy Code, one of my veterans, Steve Clark, he has this thing he likes to do on the side called uh, Angry Pickles. Right. Which was weird. I was like, yo, wait, you're a 20 year Marine and how you like pass time is you garden and you make hit these cucumbers and you make pickles out, out of them. And you make these uh, pickles that are super spicy and all this other stuff. I'm like, OK, that's wild. But whatever. 
So I was like, you know what? Let's do it again. Let's run it back. And we did it again. And he sold out. Like, he's like, I don't have my garden is done. Like, I don't have like my my crops are done. Like everybody bought some. It's like 80 percent of those were like tech dudes. So I was like, wow. He's like, yeah, pretty much. He's like, West Boss bought some. Like Scott Talinsky bought some. Everybody bought some. And I was like, dude, that's awesome. Like, I'm looking at other companies. I'm like, who else can we you know, because I've been, I was in the military, been in Iraq, been in Afghanistan, and I know that especially in times where outside is closed, because I've been on general order number one before, where we can't do anything, the best thing to like pass the time without going crazy is by helping people. Yeah. So, and I was like, you know, developer community is very unique in a space like, you know, we have deep pockets, but nobody has anything. <laughs> we can't go outside like we want to, right? So it's like, you know, let's put this disposable income that we have that we can't do anything with. If you're not like adding to your savings or playing in the stock market, let's do something good. Let's affect a business, a small business here or there, like veteran-owned business. Both these are veteran-owned businesses. They were double minorities, right? One was Hispanic and a veteran. One was Black woman and a veteran, right? And we were sitting there and we're helping these businesses just from being on the internet. And I was like, this is so awesome. And then while my veterans are getting jobs, oh, you know, June turned out to be crappy for the for a, a part of the world and also good for VWC. So it's kind of weird. So wow, that's amazing. You, you have all this written up, or I, I got to go through Twitter and like find these stories. Uh, I can uh, share the tweets with you, but yeah, like uh, Mutt Sauce and Angry Pickles, they both like as great. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy, right? It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, because I think, especially during that time frame, everything like, yo, know, planet Earth, like America was going to like, we were having like our worst episode ever. So I felt like, you know, I have to, especially, you know, emotions are going high and I had to do something to like, okay, let's, you know, center ourselves. Let's focus on the positive change we can create, even though outside is closed. And that's what, you know, you kind of have to do when you're in like, you know, I took it as like, you're in a firefight, you're in the fog of war. You have to focus on the things you can control versus focusing on the things you can't control. Cause you know, that's what we kind of got in this, this situation. Everybody's just screaming to the ether of what was going on. And we were not trying to problem solve. Like, you know, and I jumped in to help other people that were trying to solve problems. Uh, two guys I'm fans of right now, Justin Samuels, he uh, created rebuildingblackbusinesses.com and he was leading the fight to taking businesses that had antiquated practices and they were all brick and mortar companies and like building their digital platforms. Like, and yeah, he was like doing a lot of, I was like, yo, this is awesome. This is what, you know, it's supposed to be. And then we had, uh, Michael Brown who did Juneteenth comp. He just like, you know, he literally took a crap on every tech conference on the planet because, you know, he's the first person, like he had, Back-to-back, all Black software engineers, women, LGBTQ, veterans, everybody. Uh, two tracks, diverse tracks. Like You didn't just get one, a bunch of front ends or a bunch of React people. It was just everyone. Uh, they had Angie, who's a Java champ. First, I think, yep. first woman, first Black woman. Yeah. So she's like undisputed. When she goes for a title, she really goes for it. She's like, I'm going to get every W. Like, okay. Um yeah, I, I've had the uh, the misfortune of sharing a stage with her. And, uh, I heard it. I, I like yeah, it. she 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 cleans up for sure. I kind of I kind of want to do it because I'm like, yo, who? Um, 
I can't be cap if I'm going to be sitting here like, uh-uh, Angie's the champ champ. Like, so. Yeah, she's she's Kelsey Hightower, live coding. Yeah. Like, that level. Yeah. So, yeah. I view programming and, like, dev advocacy and stuff like Dragon Ball Z, man. I'm like, I'm Goku. Trying to reach that next level, dude. Like, where's the, where's the level that I'm trying to get to, right? You know, I gamify my career, right? Because if you take this too serious, you will lose. Like, you would go crazy, right? I see people go online to how many um, job interviews they all like, So that's how many, you know, that's how many lives you spent to be, get to the next level. It's cool, man. Like, it was, especially when you think yeah. about the stats and the data with it, right? We know that on average, once you get past whatever local median income is in your community, it takes, like, for instance, I'll go off my local stats uh, when I first started. I knew that the median income was $50,000. So I knew on average it takes three months for a person to get a job at $50,000 when I was in Memphis, Tennessee. And I knew any job that was $10,000 more than that was going to take you another month. So we knew that data. Same way with uh, Nashville. Nashville is, I think, $83,000 like for cost of living here. So I knew any job, $10,000 more than that, you had to add another month. So like you want a $100,000 job in Nashville, you know, be ready to put in five months worth of work, right? And so I try to educate people on that. Like, you know, find out the median income of your cities, you know, understand that once you get past that point, like you just add another month every 10 G's and like think of it like that, right? Pick a number, be ready to do the work. So I, you know, I try to teach people that and I try to put it in their in perspective. And people say I'm really positive and things of that nature. And like that's really weird because I don't see that as myself. I just see like I come from a boxing and combat sports background and a military background, and kind of all like doing the work and embracing the suck is like a natural part of that game. So the hard parts of development. I'm comfortable with, right? Like, I don't yeah. get frustrated with that stuff because, like, it sucks. Like, the things I, I get upset when it comes to programming is like when people put their egos in code. Yeah. You know, I view programming as a team sport because you don't own the code. Even when it's your own personal project, you don't own the code because, you know, code is meant to tell a story. So I, I always teach my veterans, you build the product for people and people don't give a crap about what type of framework you're using and they want it to look good, be fast and be able to do the thing that they wanted to do. Like, that's all they care about. So the code is for the users. I mean, for your, for the other programs, the guy and girl left or right of you. So you have to be like conscious of that and not, not be a jerk. And I was like, you know, we're coming from this stage now where we're actually talking about empathy in programming. Yeah. And being able, like, I'm in a position, just same as you as other dev advocates, we're in a position where we can actually push this narrative of empathy in programming as well as pushing the narrative. Because the more empathetic we are, more empathic we are with our programming, the easier it's going to be with onboarding, the easier it's going to be for these new people to get jobs, the more the more we help our talent. Like, yeah. you know, in the end, the more people who have jobs, the more money is in the economy, the more, the better these companies are doing. Everything works, right? So if we're gatekeeping because we don't want to make readable code and we're talking about the big O N at companies where the the big O notation absolutely means nothing. Uh, <laughs> so like you, you got 10,000 uh, users. It's going to be okay, bro. Yeah. We're building, you know, we're kind of building obsolescence into our uh, web stacks. Right. And that's what I'm very big against. Right. So. 
Yeah, that mean I I could sit here and talk to you for hours probably about this these subjects <laughs> for for sure. And uh, I think we're on the same wavelength about all these all these concepts. Minus, I don't have a military background, but like I am definitely definitely tracking everything you're saying. But I think you literally just answered all questions that I had <laughs> prepared. I appreciate it, and uh, I look forward to following Vetsu Code uh, more closely and seeing how I can um, help support the program, like through financially or through technology, whatever it is. I'll definitely keep, keep an eye out there. One thing I didn't ask, though, is it open sourced? Right, right now, the website is open source. Like uh, I think I said earlier, we're trying to find the decision of like how do we maintain the MIT open source while also adding things that um, like our shop that we're going to add, stuff like that. So I'm yeah. thinking about going to bug Ben Helper and see how he handled that. Cause I was like, <laughs> yeah, he, he gave a really good talk at, um, open core summit. Uh, he's probably given it at some other places, but how he built the model for dev and how to like make it a business that makes money, but also have the entire thing open source, which I think the term the kids are saying today is open core. The core of your product is open source. But there are pieces that are like microservices that are closed source. Ah, open core. That's uh, yeah. that's nice to know. I'll write that down. Yeah, it, it's it's buzzworthy enough. But uh, I'm actually gonna if I'm gonna wind down and transition us to picks. Just one one more thing. Uh, where can people find uh, Vets with Code and how do they get involved? All right, so you can find Vets with Code on VetsuCode.io is the website. Twitter is. At Vetsu Code, because you know I'm not creative like that. You can find me as Jerome Hardaway on Twitter as well, and be on the lookout for some really cool additions. Like we're gonna we're migrating our hashtag shop to uh, the Vetsu Code website, so be on the lookout for that. Hashtag. That's what we call our logo. Hashtag. That's the most creative that I've ever gotten. Right. Hashtag. All right. You gotta save some for later. <laughs> Excellent. So uh, we're going to transition to jam picks. Jam picks are things that you're jamming on. So it'd be food related, tech related, all types of related. There's no no limitations. So with that being said, go ahead and share your picks. Roger that. So um, my tech pick is Vidrio right now. Um, it really helps being able to like show your work in a kind of holographic way when you're on Zooms and stuff. It's really cool, especially if you're teaching and doing presentations. Like, I definitely recommend that. Nice. Yeah, and my my last pick is going to be a book that I'm listening to that I'm really, uh, I'm really liking. Always Day One is a book about like how the big tech companies build their communities, build their cultures and like how and that every always day one mentality comes from Jeff Bezos at Amazon. And I guess someone asked him at a meeting, he's like, what is day two for Amazon? And he was like, that's, that's going out of business. So like that whole, yeah, <laughs> you know, so the whole idea, like we are always on day one because, you know, any day after day one is going out of business, bankruptcy and stuff. So like, and I like that mentality. Like, it's like uh, in the military, we, we say every day is a Monday. So like, you know, get after it, right? So I just like those days where like, I like that, you know, crush it in a day to like dead tired at night type uh, books and mentality. So like, that's my jam. Excellent. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna check that out. So my picks, coincidentally, actually, I was gonna say Dev as one of my picks. It's a platform that I got on right at the beginning. And I shared like a, my first post was a comparison post for build tools. So I compared Webpack and Rollup and Grunt and Gulp and all the other things that were out back in the day are still out now. So yeah, my uh, Dev2 handle is bwo. So it's the same as my Twitter if anybody's interested. 
but yeah, I've been actually rolling through and planning out a lot of a lot of those posts. Also, um, Dev Two is beta video on uh, Dev Two, so I, I just posted today a quick get action traction clip, which is my second pick. I just want to promote myself real quick and say that I'm doing these short snippets, where it's action traction videos, which is GitHub Actions, and uh, just trying to give people extra information on how to do some pretty cool things in actions that aren't quite developed in the docs, which, uh, yeah, just sort of trying to do my DevRel job as well as uh, grow a YouTube community because, you know, we're all at home and trying to figure out what DevRel looks like from home. So for me, it's Twitch and YouTube at the moment. And uh, so follow me on those platforms. And uh, yeah, that's it for me for picks. Jerome, thanks so much for going through the background and what Vetsu Code are doing and how you guys are... um, enabling Jamstack developers too as well, which is like super awesome here. So I hope that everybody listening will check out Vetsu Code, check out the sponsors page, drop a couple dollars there, but also see if there's ways people can contribute and provide access to some of these vets uh, that are looking for jobs in such an interesting time today, in, at least in the States. And listeners, keep spreading the jam. That's all the time we have for today. If you're interested in being a guest on the show or if you'd like to suggest a topic, find us on Twitter at Jamstack Radio. To learn more about Heavybit, visit heavybit.com. And while you're there, check out their library. It's packed with amazing talks on sales, marketing, product, and general management from founders of developer tools companies and other industry leaders. 